Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Paltra and welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara. And I'm here with my very secretive and lost friend, Robert Cross. Hello, guys. Rob here. Good to see you all, or hear you all. <laughs> uh, we don't hear or see anyone. They hear us, Rob. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I may have misunderstood the medium of podcasting. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe one day we'll do a live stream and we can read some people's comments as they come in. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I think the first thing we need to talk about is uh, a certain movie trailer that dropped this week, which uh, is right up our alley, isn't it, Rob? Yes, it, 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 sometimes God throws you like uh, a lifeline uh, to, to promote our podcast, and th- this is one of them. Uh, the trailer dropped this week, Stu, for the upcoming film, Wild Mountain Time. Time with the T-H-Y-M-E. Like the herb. As in the, you know, the herb, yeah. And I got to say, Stu, there's some dodgy Irish accents in it. It's set in Ireland. It's got Americans playing Irish people. Oh my God, this is perfect. We we have a chance to like really get, get like actually do something when it comes out. I'm I'm really excited for this. I mean, not <laughs> only that, but it it it's the weird casting as well. I mean, I love Christopher Walken. He plays some great roles, and he has a very distinctive voice and accent. It just does not uh, lend itself very well to an Irish accent. Yeah, I I get the, I I think he's definitely played an Irish character before. I am struggling to think what movie, but I I know he's done a dodgy Irish accent before and I can't think of what it is. Quite possibly now, but I I couldn't tell There's you myself. There's something at the back of my head that's just saying he played it, he did a dodgy Irish accent before and I can't think of it for the life of me. But as well, I was going to say, so you got Emily Blunt is I suppose the lead girl, she's a lead actress, she's playing Rosemary. Not 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 no I wasn't terribly impressed impressed with it uh, her accent in the trailers but by far not the worst we've heard um i mean she's she's better than tom cruise i'll give her that yeah it's not very hard now but i mean but the interesting thing is like jamie dornan is playing anthony the, the kind of male lead who's like her love interest and he's not doing a great irish accent in the trailer but he is irish but he, he is from northern ireland so or like the North's area, I should say. Um, so he's trying to do like a Southern accent, obviously because of the setting is in, in more than the Midlands, I think. So it, it's, he's not, it doesn't sound great. It, it, Stu, I don't know if you, what you thought about his accent. Yeah, it, I, it, it's been a while now. I only watched it once for fear of losing my mind. But well, I watched uh, it like four times. I mean, so we we have to like analyze this crap and get it get it out there. Like we got to strike while the iron is hot here. Yeah, but Golden opportunity. It, it was... Very strange and poor, just all around, in my opinion. And then you have John Hamm just pl- playing with like the American cousin, just playing himself. Yeah, which is fine. I like. I can see where the idea for this movie is. Like we've probably reviewed a few that have probably been inspiration in a lot of ways, but uh, it'll it'll be interesting once we can see the full thing. 
Yeah, I will say that this um, it's coming out on the 11th of December, so about about a, pretty much a month away from now. We're unsure exactly how. Um, it, it, I don't know if cinemas will actually be open in Ireland at that time. They might be, it looks like. We're, we're, we're going through like a, a big lockdown until the start of December to do like a circuit breaker is what they're calling it to kind of allow us to have a Christmas where we can see our family and all that. So at the moment, things are looking good. Our, num- our case numbers are going down with COVID and deaths are up and down but not not too bad at the moment and we seem certainly to be going better than the uk and a lot of other places in europe so fingers crossed we'll be back to some level of normality for around christmas time and it's possible we might be able to see this in the cinema but if it's going to be released online we we will be reviewing it the week it comes out i can assure our, our listeners of that we are cannot wait uh to to do this um, I'm just looking, Stu, that the director who actually wrote the script as well is John Patrick uh, Shanley. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. He was a, a New Yorker. Um, I'm just looking at other stuff he's done here. Nothing really jumping out at me, I'm afraid, um, I, I'm, I, that I can see. Uh, Live from Baghdad, whatever the hell that is. Um, oh, Congo, the film with the gorillas. That's not too bad. I remember seeing that. <laughs> oh, God. So he has a, a diverse career. Oh, Stu, he did, he did the film Alive, you know, where the... The plane crashes in the Andes and you have to eat the, oh, the dead geez. bodies. You did that film. Uh, oh, God. Moonstruck I've, rings a bell, I think. Uh, ro- so robot a- in something. He plays a gold digger. What the f- <laughs> Yeah, so he, all right. he's made a few different weird movies. Yeah. Oh, he did Doubt, actually, which isn't a bad film at all. Okay, he's, he's, he's gotten four Oscar-nominated performances in his direction. So, all right, maybe he's not too bad. I'm really not familiar with his work. I would have to read it properly, but uh, pretty much all the recent stuff about him is the Wild Mountain Times. That might be a, might be, you may be typecast. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think we'll leave it for the Wild Mountain Time uh, this week, but we will definitely another be time, Stu. talking about it again because it hasn't it caused like a, a accent emergency, I think they were calling it, or cr- Crisis. Yeah. I can't remember what exactly this is. It's something like that, but they're they're having a bit of a laugh with it. Even like our the, the Gardaí, our national police force, were, were like we have some reports in of some um, illegal accents. You know, <laughs> they're even having a, they're even having a bit of a laugh about it. So, I I, I got to say, I think we we picked uh, the right time to have this podcast too. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. Hopefully, we'll uh, get to review it very soon. But in any case, this week for uniquely Irish which ties quite nicely into the movie for the week. We're going to talk a little bit about the Blasket Islands. Yeah, well, the movie that we, we, we did, Stu, um, deals with, it talks about the, the evacuation of the island they originally uh, lives on, uh, Rowan, Rowan Inish, as, as it's called, which is a real island, by the way. Yeah, um, I, was, I, I wasn't sure until I looked it up. I was surprised, actually. Yeah, I, I thought it would, Inish is like the Irish for Ireland, and, and Rowan is the Irish for a seal. As as a matter of fact, I I just thought it would grammatically be Inish Rowan as opposed to Rowan Inish, but no, that is the the, the way it is. Yeah, I, I, I thought that as well, and I assume throughout the, this episode we're probably going to continue to call it Inish Rowan because it's like to our ears it seems more correct. Yeah, like we we like we've talked about kind of a bit before, like with some of our other podcasts, like we'd say like Inish Moore, Inish Man, Inish Year, like the the Aran Islands and. I I think maybe it's a, a regional thing almost because Donegal have their own dialect of Irish. And I, I'm not sure if it's a grammatical yeah, thing or maybe maybe it's an older thing. I'm not too I'm not too sure. Like neither myself or Stu are fluent Irish speakers. We we, yeah, we well unfortunately we can't go into this gr- gr- grammatical kind of historical thing here. But um, 
it it is it is what it's called. It, it is correct. So I mean, we, we're just going to get that out of the way now. We we would have said Inish Rowan would have sounded more correct to us, but both their values yeah. apparently. Anyway, so I, 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 defer, I defer to Irish. Alaska Islands, I think. So as we've said, uh, the they were talking about in the movie as well that there was an evacuation. So that happened. I think it was uh, 1953. So at its height, I think the Blasket Islands had about 175, 77 people living on it. But by the 1950s, it was down to like 22 people and most of them getting on in years. were quite old. Yeah. It, it, it's just kind of the interesting thing about the the, the, the film, like the, that we're talking about in the intro and, um, it is kind of very true in a sense. And even though there are like fantasy aspects in the film, which we'll get to, the part that is kind of rings very true is that about people having to leave these small islands because they're just not sustainable anymore. I mean, it's even mentioned the the grandmother goes at one point in the film to Fiona that, oh, your father, you know, couldn't be kept away from like the big city, the lights and all that. And it's, it, it is kind of true. Um, well, yeah, I know the for the Blasted for work, Islands. Yeah, the opportunities uh, for work lot, really weren't there. A lot of people actually went and emigrated to America, uh, specifically Springfield, from what I said, uh, from what I read. That's right, actually, which is funny. But uh, yeah, like it was, it was an odd thing. I know, funnily enough, they called, uh, they used to say about the Great Blaskets uh, that the the next parish west was America. Yep, very true, very true. Technically, Um, it's Canada, but they didn't really distinguish. They went North America rather than yeah, I think I think I'm going to like this America. <laughs> but it it is interesting. I mean, the the Great Blasket Islands. I mean, there there are several inhabited islands off the coast of this country. Like I said, there are the the Aran Islands, Inishmore, Inishir, and Inishman. There you also have Ackle Island, which is probably is the largest, but it is very close. I mean, there's actually a bridge to Ackle Island, so it's not too bad. And you'd have like um a few a few other. Well, I won't name all of them, stupid. I mean, you know. So, uh, but it, it was Great Blasket was evacuated just because it wasn't sustainable. I think it was in '47. There'd been a very bad storm, and they actually got completely cut off from the mainland. And they had to like send a telegram to the Taoiseach Eamon de Valera to say, "Can we get like some supplies? Where we think we're going to starve here." And then they did. And then, as you said in '53, it really just wasn't sustainable anymore. But there, there is some hope. They had some caretakers that were appointed last year uh, from I think well over twenty thousand applications from across the world too, and they are. Kind of re- redoing up the island is more of a, a heritage site so whether it, it'll be permanently inhabited again in the future is you know it, it, it's being discussed certainly but it, it does look like it could be like a nature preserve or things like that there's um That's a real push probably the the better way of going i mean looking at it here it's a, about two kilometers from the mainland so it, like yeah you can imagine when there was only 22 people there uh i think they had enough for like two boats and trying to get any way across during any any poor weather would have been bad. I mean, I'm looking at the the population statistics as well, and it says it goes back to 1841, and they had 153. So imagine back then when, you know, boats weren't as as yeah as frequent as they are now, and trying to do anything with it. Yeah, but it, it, I suppose it, as I was kind of said there earlier, it, it, Great Blasket Islands might continue as kind of um kind of a heritage and nature preserve thing because. Yeah. In particular, I, I can't remember specifically what islands do, but they have reintroduced the the kind of uh, eagle into back into Ireland and a few other birds and things like that. So they're inhabiting kind of these, these small islets or islands or islets that are kind of very rocky and they're 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 thriving in nature now. They've actually had their first um, um, hatchlings in in the wild, I believe, this summer. 
or very recently. So it it is kind of working. And while there is kind of interesting history to the Great Blasket Islands, it might be best to leave it for nature, I, I think, to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely. Another important point to talk about the Blasket Island is uh, that it was actually uh, a Gaeltacht. Like everyone there spoke Irish. Yep. So it, like you imagine you've been living on this island and as far as I can tell, for at least uh, over 100 years, people were living there. And then you're suddenly being pulled back up. I think the the people there were quite happy to move, considering the the danger. Yeah. But at the same time, when uh, island life is all you'd known, and uh, you speak majority Irish, and then you're going to the mainland, where I think they they tended to settle in the Gwiltek down in Kerry anyway. But they did. The they time, they weren't that far from. Uh, Dingle, I, I I guess, which you know, is a popular little tourist place, but it is a, it is a Gael, so not on Dangan, its official name. Um, but I suppose too, we are talking about Irish and the Great Blaskets. We, we we have to talk about Peg Sayers, who was uh, one of the people that lived there. And if you learned Irish in this country in school, which you had to do, up until I, I pretty much from the 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 fifties up until I think about the the early nineties, by the sounds of things, maybe even slightly before our time. You had to read Peg Sayre's book about living on the Great Blasket Islands, and that you had to do it. And it, it apparently put a lot of people off um, <laughs> learning Irish because I haven't read the book myself. But from what my parents and grandmothers have said and everything else, it's very much just like, oh God, it was terrible. Then the rain came, and then the day after that, the rain got heavier, and the day after that, there was a storm that was even heavier than that. And one of the men fell off of his boat and drowned. Oh, it was terrible. And they were getting the priest coming over and he fell off the boat and drowned too. Then there was another storm. Then we had to eat the grass. It, it's kind of, it's, it's it's very depressing, kind of sad book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, that was kind of one of the, the good things that uh, a lot of Irish historians actually did when the the people were being moved from the islands is that they, they implored as many of them as they could to actually write about the, their lives there. And so I just have the uh, small enough list of three different ones. So yeah, obviously you have Peg Sayers. Uh, the one they have here is An Old Woman's Reflections. Then there's yep. uh, Muris O'Sullivan with uh, 20 Years of Growing. And then yep. The Island Man by Tomas O'Crivan. Yeah, something. I mean, yeah, like I said, <laughs> Irish, Irish is not our, our forte, I'm afraid. The Irish language, rather. But yeah, um, so it, was, it was great to have the the histories of the island almost through different perspectives and like you know for at the time 22 people being moved off it three books out of 22 was probably a a good percentage it is i suppose one of the interesting things that that did happen i mean we we i'd love to expand upon this more in the future but the, the irish folklore commission and a few other people at the department of i, I think it's culture and heritage now and it's between different departments but they went to like these people and like some of them were shanakis as we said before like who know all the stories about that you know even like in this film like the grandfather's a bit of a shanaki because he can tell all the old stories about creatures and all that and they were all like you know it's the oral tradition they weren't really written down it wasn't until that they went over with like tape recorders in the 1930s and 40s where like you know, do you know any of these old stories was oh here's one I, I heard off my grandfather who heard off his grandfather and it, and it'd be like in a, an older more archaic dialect of irish that were very very specific so some of the only 
records we have of not just these stories that were very specific to some of these islands in particular the history of them but even the very minute uh, extinct dialects of Irish that were spoken on that we now have a record of that so it's a it's a fa- fascinating thing to, to, to have as well and there's um, a whole throw of history there that we have um, if you want to look up on YouTube there's a it's a BBC documentary actually where they I think they went to Tory Island which is up in off the coast of Donegal but not not too far from actually where this movie we're going to be talking about a set they actually elect a king stew as i'm sure you may you may have heard of the king of oh. tory island he, he's the boss there you know there's there's no messing um and they still speak irish there there it is still inhabited but it's a great interview with just like this bbc reporter with this uh, professor from uh dublin and he was like well i'm going down here and i'm going to talk to morris and he's he's you know he's he's got uh all these stories you know and then he meet this owl fella. he goes he's 98 or something like that and he's got like the, the flat cap on and he's like not a tooth in his head and he speaks him in Irish and he has this very heavy Donegal accent and he says he speaks in this very old dialect but it's just fascinating to, to be able to like see and hear this um I, I think like an aspect of our culture and history that is isn't isn't there in one sense anymore but we do have a record of it so it's it's just fantastic to be able to hear all these old stories about you know the king coming down from Tiernan Ogan to that their island and how how what happened and all that so it, it's it's a wonderful thing to hear i think we'll definitely have to talk more about their, their folklore commission in the future because there's a lot of oh yeah a lot of interesting so. things about it but and uh, before we we move on to the the movie i will say that there are also a, a couple of documentaries on youtube about the blasket islands themselves they're yep. quite interesting you get to actually hear uh interviews with some of the people at the time and some of their their children even now uh and some of it's in irish some of it's in english so even if you're just interested in hearing more of the Irish language, it's it's really great to to see that and images of the the houses they lived in and the way they lived. Right. So on to the movie of the week, which this time is the Secret of Rowan Inish. So just a quick kind of summary: uh, Young Fiona lives with her grandparents in a small fishing village, where she takes an active role to unravel mysterious secrets of her missing brother and the rest of her family. So I think first off, Rob, what did you think of the movie as a whole? I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I, I got to say, Stu, it's, I really like in this podcast when I'm pleasantly surprised by just how the quality of a movie. Like, I wasn't really sure going into this what it was going to be like. Like, it is an Irish film and it's based on Irish and kind of Scottish mythology. I, I think the, the, the work it's based on is actually Scottish in nature. But like, it, it's, like I said, it's, it's not exactly a million miles off. But as soon as like uh, Mick Lally's character, the granddad, starts telling the old stories, I was just hooked. Um, he is a fantastic storyteller and I absolutely loved the film from, from that point onwards. It's very kind of heartwarming. It's very much a, a family friendly kind of film, but just really nice and very engrossing. And I, I love the the way they, they did it. They didn't kind of do need like massive special effects or things like that to get these kind of mysticism and magic across. They just kind of did it in a very practical way. And the film is better for it. And I, I really like how you have like an actor telling a story, beautifully telling the story. And then like you see the visuals of whatever's happening then, or like a, kind of a flashback sequence. It's, it's just very well done. And I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, Crock of gold, easily. I really enjoyed it as well. I found that it didn't really feel much like your average movie. It felt more like there was, they, they put, a video to the words of, of an old Irish storyteller telling you this, this wonderful uh, fantasy story uh, or legend, you might even say of this uh, Rowan Inish and just the things happening in it. It was very like peaceful and, and calming rather than 
the the big dramatic things that we're very much more used to in a in our lives and then you know we had these beautiful kind of flashback sequences to things that had happened before kind of showing you that the history of the family and the island itself it was just it was really lovely all around yeah, no, I'd agree with you, Stu. It, it's really kind of a storytelling film. It, it, it's it's kind of funny in a sense, isn't it, that you're watching someone else tell the story. Uh, I, I I can't remember the, the the writing term for that. It's called a frame story, I think, is what it's called. So it's like the 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 real kind of crux of the film is about them telling old stories that lead up to like a final conclusion about meeting her her brother on the island at the end. Spoilers, but it's just done in a very very nice way and i i think it's a really really good film um genuinely watch this yeah and just like beautifully uh visualized as well i mean the locations were fantastic i know most of it was in donegal and a couple of bits were done on an island or two in scotland as well but like yep. every every spot that they they chose was picturesque uh no matter what they were doing um you know the 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 background scenery like the houses and everything were perfectly done uh, i couldn't i couldn't have picked out anything that i thought was an anachronism or just incredibly wrong like they even had and like this must have been someone's actual house but there was a, a st bridget's cross in one of the houses and you could see like how like condensation had like built up and it and dripped down it was actually like on the wallpaper and stuff it was just every little bit of thought that went into this movie was fantastic it was made with love still you can really tell that like it's such a wonderful thing and i mean i just got echo it's so beautiful like that part of donegal in the northwest of the country is just gorgeous it really is like that and even like the, the houses like on the island i mean that just felt real it wasn't like it was a movie set like that's like that is someone's old cottage on like a small island off the coast of ireland it's just you know i, I don't think you can kind of fake that in a certain sense it just oh yeah definitely real. not like down to even I noticed that uh, the, the grandfather's cap even had like it was worn at the front for yeah. however many years of use. Just like, you know, the, the tiny little costume decisions that they even made, because all, all the costuming was, was beautifully done as well. It's kind of plain clothes that you'd have uh, just a tiny bit of color in it and just, just really, really nicely done. I, I like even as well. Like, there's some like very little things in this film, too, like where um fiona first comes to up to the grandparents house and it's like she goes off then the next day at the, the, the grandfather and like he's towering the the curra he's like putting the tar in the bottom of his his curra the boat and it's like they're doing that and i'm like that is really kind of authentic kind of old-fashioned thing and i just thought it was just such a, a such a nice little thing because it's a wonderful bonding moment between the two of them and they're like mick lally who plays the grandfather fantastic fantastic actor god god rest his soul he's left us too soon but he's just so fantastic in this film and has just such this warmth you know um and he's just fantastic in it and it's just such a nice little scene that's accurate and expands on the character and everything else and and teaches you something about you know irish culture and stuff like but oh it's a car it's a boat and it's like you gotta put tar in the bottom of it and how and how to do it and how to make the tar and even tell you at the end like how to make the paint for like when they're doing up the, the white daub on the houses and it's it's just wonderful like you genuinely come out of this having learned something and appreciating things a little more yeah not even that like the 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 way that they frame the flashbacks where it's like she comes down to help him it's like okay you keep stirring the tar while i paint the boat and I'll tell you a story while we're doing it. And that yeah. kind of, that's driving the plot forward in the in this nice way. Because we, we've all been there with our grandparents where we're helping them out with something and they'll tell us a story from their past or, or, or 
a fairy tale or something like that. So it, it really it it's just calming. It is what I felt the whole way through. It it's just well, so no, nice it, in the way they do it. It really, really was. It's just such. Um, I you know because at times I was like, oh, is there going to be like a scary bit with like um, Selkies or something else? Another demon comes along. I was like, nope, there isn't. It's actually got a happy resolution at the end, and it's all quite nice and warm. It's it's like it's it is it's just such a it's a feel good film. I think. Um, I, I don't really know how else they're going to put that. And then of course the main thing that we need to talk about is the accents, where I couldn't put one of them wrong. I think. They're, they're kind of putting on Donegal accents like Mick Lally was a Mayo man I believe fluent uh, Irish speaker as well a fantastic actor like I said will not, cannot praise him enough I, I think people of a certain generation in this country would know him from Glen Row which was like our first kind of soap opera I guess I don't know really how to describe it but he, he played like yeah. one of the farmers and it, I think slightly before our times too I, I think we were just before the at that kind of ended or I don't I don't remember ever watching this on TV but it was like an Irish trope in like the 80s where you'd hear the music for Glen Row coming on and you'd you'd have to do your homework <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but he does a fantastic job in this they I, I I think I don't know who played the the grandmother but I mean she like she sounded like she was from Donegal to me I couldn't knock her the girl who played Fiona which was apparently thousands of people applied for it did a fantastic yeah they job. were they were looking for like a very specific a build for the girl they had to be like pale and slight but kind of let's see if i can get it up there because i know it's yeah, in the trivia it is but it, it it just was um she did a very good job i mean i think maybe i noticed her accent drop once or twice but you know not maybe nothing noticeable i mean she could very well be from Donegal, but it's um she did a fantastic job i mean as someone of her age i mean she must be what about 10 at the very most like being the lead person in this film, uh, she did a fantastic job. Um, absolutely fantastic job. I don't know if she's ever done much else after this too, but Jesus, I mean, that, that to be that age and to be that confident on the screen and deliver your lines like that and possibly do a bit of accent work, just absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it, it just a very, very solid movie with, with very little to complain about. It. And some of the, the things that I saw in it, I just loved it. I was joking to someone else earlier on. I've learned more in this film about how to put together an old Irish cottage than I ever thought I'd ever know. Sorry, I knocked over some empty cans. <laughs> I really should have cleared them. Ah, <laughs> right. I'm not cutting that one. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. I know you, you learn, you, that's the point I said earlier. It's like you, you learn a lot about not just our folklore, but also just like practical things in a sense. Um, and it, it's just really nice in that regard, but it's it makes me kind of want to go to one of these highlands now and just like have a look around and see what it's like. Well, definitely. I think you can actually go camping on the Alaskan Islands, but... A few places yeah. you can now, in all fairness. We'll see next uh, year once the uh, the virus has let up and we might get some good weather to go out. Yeah, but I, I think it's a really good film. I think even as well, like her cousin, um, Sean, was it or Sean here? The other kid that's living with them. His name escapes me. Um he did a really good job too. I, I think he's he's very much kind of the sensible head. And I, lo- I love his thing. It was just like, oh, I'm going to go back and live on um, Rowan Inish again. And he's like, on your own. It's like, oh no, I'll have a wife. And you're going to convince her to come back with you. <laughs> it's just very funny. Um, very, very much of its time. But uh, no, I think I think really good. And I, I suppose a couple of uh, little bits I might just mention as well, Stu. Um, I think the music in this film is wonderful oh, yeah. as well. It's the the, the really speci- really good specifically the one when they were fixing up the cottage just a, 
uh, an that, Irish yeah. tune. It was absolutely beautiful to listen to. Like they have like for the whole way through the film, they're using like instruments. I mean, it's actually minimal, I suppose, in a sense. Like some bits only have like a fiddle playing a reel, and then maybe like a thin whistle or a flute will come in. Um, but it, they like they use like the flute for kind of more the more foreboding parts of it, and then like the harp is like the lighter bits, and then if there's something like picks up a little bit. It's like generally um, there might be a little bit of guitar in there, kind of playing a, a reel or a line with a. Uh, a fiddle and it's just it's just really really well done i think this is some of the best music we've had in any film i think on, on this podcast and it it stands out to you in in one regard because you pair that music with the scenery in some of the things and it's just really beautiful and it's also just in a sense you could close your eyes and you'd still be able to picture it because of the the soundtrack and I suppose if you turned off the music and I like, turned off the sound you, that's kind of what you think you'd hear it's just paired together so well I mean I can't credit credit like the, the editors the sound guy whoever made these choices did an outstanding job I, I think it just together as a package it's just perfect I, 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 I can't fault it like yeah so we'll kind of go down through a few of the the scenes but like it starts off um, Fiona the, the main girl she sent back to live with her grandparents. I think pretty much it, it's not overly specified, but the father has kind of gone to drink and taken to the drink. Well, the, it's kind of, you kind of get this at the very start. Like she's at a funeral with a few people and it kind of just jumps forward then. So it, it that was her mother's funeral um, is what it's established as. And then obviously they had to they, they leave the island. But I suppose slight things, it's 1946 or thereabouts. I think the priest would have been speaking Latin at the gravesite, but that's a very minor thing. It would have been before Vatican II's reform. So, you know, I'm not actually too certain about that. But I, I like if I have to get this nitpicky to find something wrong with the film, then it's probably a good sign. Yeah, I mean, we, we can probably leave that one off that uh, it would have been a lot harder to find someone who could speak Latin for the movie back I, then. I, because I think as well, like she, she's, I think, speaks to one of her brothers, maybe it was like working in a factory or something like that. I wasn't too sure. Yeah. It, it, no, I think either she was working there or she was, lo- or they, like, she was looking for her father who should have been working there at the time, but he was off in the pub. Yes. Yeah, so like she goes into the pub and I, I like how it's like you have the old points of stout and like they have the, the, the actual pull. Uh, oh, yeah. tabs at the bar because like th- th- we kind of talked to this a little bit before uh, like how th- they wouldn't have had like, the fancy nitrogen or co2 systems now so you would have like pulled it like the kind of real ale things do and it's it just very genuine and i love how she gets like the little um the lemonade as well or, sorry yeah, no, was, yeah. Uh, lemon squash i think was nice like oh that's that's proper kind of like kid in irish public Where, where's the red lemonades do specifically <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah she's, she she heads back to live with the grandparents anyway and as we said, she kind of the first big thing happens when she goes down to help with the uh, the Kara and the tar, and the grandfather tells the story of like her great great grandfather. I'm not sure how many back it, it was. W- I think it would have been his great grandfather, the grandfather's great grandfather. Yeah, and and it's like was it he gets punished by the schoolmaster for speaking in Irish. Sean Michael, yeah, he's um he's speaking Osquelga in Irish in the class and he goes, it's the whole thing about oppression by the British. They're going to teach us how to do it and he's taken out and has the thing put around his neck to kind of be mocked and then he rips it off and goes baits the crap yeah. out of the, the English. He batters the priest, yeah. The the best thing because what what he says in Irish, they they don't translate it, but it it he's basically telling him to kiss his ass is what he directly says. Um, yeah. 
I, I believe what I like. He definitely says, "Coke Mahone, uh, kiss my ass." And I think what he says before is, "I won't speak." Uh, if I scroll this down, it's like, um, "I won't darken my tongue with that language." Kiss my ass, something along those lines. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. And then is it? He goes out in his boat and gets caught in a storm. Is it? He's out with a bunch now. of the family, and then he, they get caught in a storm. You see, the, the father, his father, Sean Michael, is is. Uh, the great grandfather, his father wanted him to go off and like study English, like study their laws and go off and be successful, leave the island. But he was like, No, I, I like it here. So they go out and they're shipwrecked, like they're in the storm, they're locked into the, the water. And then it says, like, the grandfather tells Fiona that oh, he was fighting against it. And most people are like, Let the sea take them because it's you don't because drowning is horrible, you know, uh, way to go. But he, he managed to fight out and survive and he washes up on shore. And the, the women collecting the seaweed and the shells find him they said oh he was freezing cold and you no know, closer to death than alive and they have to bring him in and they said there, there wasn't a, f- a fire warm enough in ireland to to bring him back so they have yeah, to so they strap the him two, to the cows the two cows which is something i have heard it, it you know it, it isn't um something that is completely made up I, it's definitely something that i've heard from like myths and stuff like that yeah um, but that's that's definitely the beauty of the film is that like that is something that you might have been told as a kid. Like, oh, he was so cold, we had to strap him to the side of the cow to keep him warm. Yeah. And of course, the, the point being that at that time, uh, the the animals would have stayed inside the cottages with the people. Which was yeah, very I mean, it's, a, it's actually mentioned, I think the grandfather says, this is when the beasts lives, lived inside um, with, with people. So and like they, eventually with the cows, like he, he started um, like, like shake shivering and then he started shaking and then like they, they took him off and then when he started sweating they took the cows off and put the blankets on and put the heart to the fire and then eventually like he pops out and he goes am i in heaven and then like he sees all the women around him yeah. and then she's like no you're in my house <laughs> just funny but like a wonderful little little scene there um really 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 nice um and it, it, and it feels like because even though it's, it's going a couple hundred years back well maybe not a couple hundred sorry i think maybe 150 ish. I, I, yeah, it's hard to tell, but either like, way, before the famine, definitely, I would have said. But I mean, it, it, it felt genuine. I mean, I even like the little tidbit where you see the, the teacher and he's like quite well done up, like he's wearing kind of an old fashioned kind of collar and all that, and all the kids are sitting there barefoot. I'd even like yeah. zoom in, you know, at one point they're just their dirty feet are there. And I was like, that's such a great contrast between like your killing these kids' culture you're giving out to them for like using their language and like having them mocked and attacked for using their own language. And you're sitting there like in your, in your grandeur dressed up to the nines and they're there not even able to afford shoes or proper clothes. I think, I think that it gets so much across with just like the, the way that scene is shot. That I think it's just brilliant. Like just outstanding. Yeah. And I think next then we kind of hear about uh, how Jamie goes missing yeah, one one very brief thing, if if I could just mention, Stu, that uh, it's after the grandmother gives out to the grandfather, oh, you're upsetting her and talking about all superstition. And then she's putting the turf onto the fire and does like the blessing thing where she's like St. Bridget at the back and St. Brendan up the front. Um, that really just struck something with me because I, I was just thinking, oh, my great Nana did something similar to that. Like she she was quite old, but I I remember distinctly she used to say something about blessing the fire in in kind of that regard, and it was distinctly like something Saint Bridget you always know, blessed her at the back and did the cross in there, so that just really struck something it, it like I hadn't thought about in Jesus years. Selling a little. 
or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have thought, but it was, uh, it was just a nice little feeling there. And it was, it was just like, oh, God, that, that takes me back. And it was just something you completely forget about and just really brought me into the film a lot more then. So that was nice. Yeah, I mean, like that. that's... Kind of the, the surprising thing, I suppose, about the movie is that considering it's the script is based off a Scottish book, they've somehow, like either through massive amounts of research or something, been able to to really capture the Irishness of it for the movie. I just do. I mean, I, I we don't we, we we didn't like massively research this too too much. I mean, I'm sure if I dug around, I could probably find some cast interviews or maybe like a DVD with director's commentary or something like that. But if if you're asking me, I, I'd certainly say that I think like some of the main actors, like Mick Lally in particular, was like one of the biggest actors in kind of Ireland at the time. Very very well known. Uh, had like a bit of input into this. Like it, it just feels to me like that scene could have been entirely improvised by that actress and they just kind of went with it. Or she says, oh, I can do like a little thing here or then just things like that. And to me, it just feels like it would have to be kind of like an input thing from people from their own life experiences. And maybe that's why I think it's more genuine. But if that was in the script directly and they researched it and everything else, fair play to them. But I mean, really, really enjoyed that entire scene from when, the grandfather starts talking because it was so well told. I, I loved it to up to that bit where she goes after bed after the less in the fire. Absolutely loved it. That's the point where I just got completely hooked into this film. And it was just a joy to watch from this point onwards, in my view. Yeah. I mean, just everything about it was just so cleverly done. I mean, even if it was just suggestions from the cast, I mean, the fair box to them for actually listening to the cast and yeah. uh, allowing their input if that was the case. But the next it felt like thing. it to me, but I, I, I just say that, that that's what I think. That's what I felt, um, you know, because I, I think just you just relate to the characters so much. And I, I suppose particularly Mick Lally, you just I it was kind of the perception he always had. Like he was like the, the nation's uncle. It was how he was described when he, he passed away 10 years ago. And I suppose his real life kind of persona, you know, is just so similar to the character he's playing in this film that I think it blurs the lines a little bit. So I fully believe he would have done that because it's, I don't feel he's acting in this film. I think he's just playing himself, which is potentially the greatest, the greatest compliment you can give an actor that you don't think they're acting. They're just, they yeah, are the character. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then we get the, another flashback to when the evacuation is happening and uh, 
So for whatever ludicrous reason, they've decided to leave Jamie in his his little bassinet down Near by the, the the river, or sorry, the sea. <laughs> yeah, just on the beach down by the sea, and uh, the rest of them are taking things out of the cottages to bring down to the boats. And uh, the tide starts coming in, and the seagulls actually start attacking like a scene out of the fucking birds to uh, to distract the the men as the 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 current starts to drag the bassinet out into the waters. And uh, then you see them running down once the, the birds have stopped to try to to catch him, but he's he's too far gone. They get it. He, he yeah. actually, the, the father starts swimming and then jumps into a boat. In the car, uh, yeah. But then the, he's just too far gone and there's no way to catch up with him, which was a, a very sad scene to see. I mean, you oh, know, was, you kind of, yeah. you get the inkling as, as you see the, the, the tide start to, to lap at the, the bassinet. And it's like, oh God, I know where this is going. And yeah, it's just hard but to it, watch your baby floating it, away it like is. that. It really is. I mean, geez, I mean, he wasn't even that, I suppose, like he wasn't like, he was shouting Jamie, like running off, and the other person had the boat, and he was doing it. It's just, it was kind of a thing, like an almost understated thing, but just, you just look, when you looked in his face, you just saw it in his eyes, just this look of despair and loss, and it was just so powerful that he didn't need to be like, screaming Jamie and like crying he didn't need that it was just kind of it it, it just works in a, in a sense too because like if you I suppose you think about the way Ireland was at the time men weren't like showing their emotions it was like anger or something oh, like not. that you didn't and it so it actually suits it better because he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't react in that way because it, it just wasn't the done thing so I, I think that's um really brilliantly acted scene I I just really got upset like as well but it, it's just so such a fantastic little thing um really really enjoyed it i mean it was one of the other things i have is like did anyone think like not to leave the baby's you know pram or cot whatever like right next to the sea like did anyone think that was a bad idea perhaps <laughs> well like you have to, you have to imagine as well rob that you know these people having lived there for so long they have this kind of trust of the sea and like even you know you get the inkling throughout the movie that they kind of have this this connection to it obviously later on we'll discuss kind of how much of a connection that they have yeah but uh you know that they 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 didn't realize that there was they they were being almost punished because they were leaving the island yeah but uh, no it was just fantastic i that, it's such a powerful scene such a brilliant scene and really enjoyed it um, it, it, you know, it, it just gets it's the whole throw of emotions. Yeah, uh, just it, it's nice to be able to feel that for a movie. Um, because I, I don't really remember the maybe Evelyn was the last one we watched this where I, I did kind of feel upset, upset about something, upset about something, but I don't think I get that enough from movies and things like that. So it's nice to know I'm still normal in a certain, in a certain yeah, extent. Oh, I can still I, feel I, that. This movie is definitely one where you. It, it engrosses you to the characters in a very quick yeah. amount of time, very expertly. Yeah, yeah, uh, and just, just, yeah, brilliant. I mean, if you if you can't tell already, like as we've already said, we both really enjoyed this film. And just if if you're not already watching it now, listening to this podcast, just stop the podcast right now, put it on, watch it, and come back to us. I said yeah, you don't want to know film. how it ends with 
without seeing it for yourself, really. So then, like, it it, it goes, um, she's kind of asking to go out in the boat to see the island with the grandfather. And another nice little little thing there, like, because he's like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I'm not sure. And he's like, ask your ask your grandmother, you know, just this. Yeah. <laughs> I think no matter where you're from, you know that one. Yeah. Uh, just another little thing I might just mention, Stu, briefly. I mean, like I said, I had to get quite nitpicky or to find fault with this film, but she always refers to the two of them as grandfather and grandmother. Now, I don't know maybe if that was a thing at the time or something, but I would really think it's not how you generally would address your grandparents in Ireland. Certainly, I, I wouldn't anyway. Um, what did you think about that? Uh, like, it wouldn't be something that I'd know particularly well now. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately for me, I only had uh, my paternal grandfather and my maternal grandmother. So yeah. I would have said granddad and nana would have been... yeah. Oh, because like, I've had, I was lucky enough to have four grandparents and one great grandparent alive when I was born. So I'd always say Nana for my grandmother. And then it was always Granddad John and Desi, who was my other grandfather, never referred to him as grandfather because <laughs> no one else did. Everyone was always shouting at him when he was out of Desi. So I just started, oh, it's Nana and Desi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just thought maybe that was a little bit odd. Maybe that's more of a regional thing. I don't, I know in some parts, like, you know, um, they wouldn't say Nana in that context in Ireland, but I I just felt I might just mention it because it was the one thing about I I thought sounded a little bit different. So maybe it's a Donegal thing. I don't know, but I I maybe like saying like Mam for your granny or even the granny would have been better. But or like you can say like Mamo and Dado would be like a an Irish language thing <laughs> as well. Yeah, uh, I'm I, not uh, entirely sure myself. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. have piqued my interest to to be. Oh no, out. no! I mean, like, like I said, Stu, I, I, I actually, I actually had to go out and look for things to slightly give out about because that's mostly what this podcast is about. So I had this is how hard yeah. I had to look. At, at some, <laughs> look, just just because we're mostly here to complain about crap doesn't mean that we can't occasionally watch something that's actually surprisingly good. I mean, I had no idea about this film; it just came up on on one of my many lists of mm-hmm. Irish movies that we could uh, watch because I don't think. Uh, the the director or anything is Irish himself, so or the production company, which tends to be where the trouble comes in. But it was definitely well done. So we have Fiona wandering around alone on the island, anyway. And uh, we start to to well, first off, we see the cottages and how dilapidated they've become over the the couple of years yep. that they've been gone. But as she goes, then she starts noticing signs that someone might actually be living there. The embers are still like hot on the fire, isn't it? And there's like some shells on like a makeshift table. Yeah. And then, and then while walking on the beach, she actually finds footprints, which are a, a dead giveaway. But of course, once the grandfather and her cousin come back, the the sea washes them away so that there's nothing there yeah, for them to no find. Evidence. Yeah. And then it gets a bit where she goes into like the, the town Um not too sure yeah. when they where they shot. I would have I, to I assume it probably like a small, Beggs, maybe a little bit small yeah. town in in Donegal somewhere. No, I, I, that's why I, I think it might be Killy Beggs, but I might be wrong. But I like the scene where she goes into like the in the shop, and then the, the nana's like given out to the the, the, the shopkeepers, like, "Oh, you, the, you call that quality? Get out!" And then he's just like, "Yeah, that's what she's like." And then like she intro- he introduces the Fiona to her cousin, who's like one of the dark ones. He's not. He has like dark hair and dark eyes, and then he tells her about the, uh, the other bit about the selkie and a few things in Basel. He's like gutting fish, and it was, I really like this scene as well. This actor, I, I recognised him. I think a little bit from somewhere, but I wasn't too sure. Yeah, but, I th- think he's been in a few things, but like uh, it was a great scene. One thing that I could point out as a, 
if I were to be as nitpicky as yourself, is that they actually call him a bit special, which uh, yeah, I did. Is of the that. time, I suppose, but uh, wouldn't yeah. be what you'd be calling people nowadays. Yeah, you know, differently able. Even we even though we won't be able, we won't be we won't be ableist on this podcast too. <laughs> even though, like from everything we saw of him, I think it's just that he's uh he's an odd, odd character. I mean, like queer fellas, they would have said. Well, yeah, but I, let's not be using words like that that uh, people mightn't understand. <laughs> In Ireland, queer, not pronounced the same as queer, means just odd. It's a. I think yeah. it's it's either old Irish or or possibly um part of the traveling community. A word from them. It we, is actually, yeah. but uh, definitely it's, doesn't it's mean to be an everything of the, the what, queer uh, Yeah, definitely. No, not it doesn't. The same it's meaning, a, but it's just like yeah, we won't we won't go into that. But and he, then he then it cuts like another bit where like, you get a great flashback story with him narrating it, and he does a very very good job. And he tells about yeah, the I mean, selkie, more, which is more beautifully uh, done. The I think it's is it the same great great grandfather again who washed up on the island? Is it or or was I mistaken? I got that? the. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, uh, so he, like or, I, I got the impression that it was. Yeah, and so he he's off on a, a wander on his own because he's kind of a quiet type, and yeah. uh, he spots uh, a seal shedding its skin and a woman being in its place. So a, a selkie, which is obviously Scottish mythology. Yeah, it, it's, it's a selkie is um, a special, a magical seal, I guess that can. Once it sheds its skin, it's actually a human. So it's not it's not actually a shapeshifter, as we've mentioned about in some other things. It's actually, if you will, a human that puts on the skin and becomes a seal. So, or it's a seal that becomes a human. It's kind of a bit between yeah. the two of them. And while it is majority uh, Scottish, there are one or two uh, Irish stories of Selkies as well. Probably cross pollination between the two uh, the two cultures more than yeah, like. See- Seals are an important part of some Irish mythology, but also like kind of Irish culture around the seas, particularly up around where the Giddish Rowan Inish rather. Is yeah, I told you we'd say it. <laughs> Rowan is the Irish word. Rowan is the Irish word for seal, and they're uh, are part of it. Like seals would occasionally swim out and go with boats, and they'd attract the fish or help them with the fish because they they know they get to keep one. And a nice little tidbit as well, Stu. I, I just said I'd mention this because it's one of the nice little things about the Irish language. Uh, do you know what a jellyfish is in Irish? I wouldn't be sure, no. Uh, it's a smogorla ro- rowan, which is seal snot, is what it directly translates. Well, uh, I wouldn't say they were wrong for their guessing however many years ago they, they decided on that. But at, at least it's nice to know that the Irish people that. have a sense of humour when they're coming up with language. Oh yeah, that's it. I just said I'd mention that because I thought it was funny. So, yeah, but, so he sees Selkie taking off her uh, skin and then she's just there presumably, you know, all, all natural yeah. wearing her birthday suit if he was. And he's like, you know, gets the skin off her and wraps her up and takes her home. Yeah, so, what, what you're there, Rob, like, is like, that uh, the, the myth of the Selkie is that if you get the Selkie's skin, then it's kind of under your control. Yeah, which is a little problematic, I suppose, in itself. But it seems like a very consensual thing after the fact. Yeah, I mean, they get married and have kids. Yeah, so she I seems mean, very happy. So it's, it's like, not it's not so much that she's being forced into it. It's more just that she can't I, I do revert think, to her seal form. I, I I just would love the fact that like if you're his 
family or something like that, or like one of the other people on the island. And he's like, he's just like, I'm going out for a walk. He's like, all right. And after one of his quiet solitude reflections, and like he just comes back on the boat with this naked girl. He's like, who the hell were you? <laughs> it's like, oh, I was having one of my quiet walks and everything worked out grand for me. Um, so like they end up getting married and have having the kids and like, oh, it literally says like oh she's got like the dark hair and the dark eyes um which is kind of addressed like because it's like the Tig or cousin he's explaining to Fiona why he's like the dark one like one in every generation has like the dark hair and something Jamie her brother who went missing as well was the other dark one and so you kind of get the thing it's like oh they had kids together and the whole dark gene thing is actually from the the selkie so it's like the selkie genetics or whatever yeah it, it, it kind of creates someone who has the dark thing as, as maybe the pow- the powers um but eventually then one of the daughters mentions to the the, the selkie mother uh who's i think she takes the name fiona as well doesn't she the, uh <laughs> which the, the selkie the selkie yeah i think she takes the name fiona isn't it like a nula or something sorry nula my apologies there's it's yeah there are a lot of people in this movie so yeah um so then like the daughter mentions her why why does daddy have like um some kind of skin thing up in the roof of the house so a leather jacket yeah and like she puts it back on then like the father is out and michael is out like rowing the boat and then he sees like the the seal kind of around him like very happy and then he kind of i think he obviously realized then yeah and he's like trying to rush back into the land and she's gone because you, you can't keep a selkie away from the, the water. Because even like when she was in her human form, you could see her like she, she said, oh, she never really spoke or anything. And she'd walk into the water and you see her like walking into the water and like in her long flowing dress and kind of presumably communicating with the other seals because like there's two seals there sticking their heads out. and it, it looks like they're kind of able to understand each other or certainly communicate in that regard. Yeah, there's definitely some connection there. But obviously, we find out that she's escaped back. So I suppose the next thing is that Fiona then convinces her brother, her cousin, to bring her back to the island secretly. While she's wandering around there, she actually spots Jamie, uh, a small boy in the nip, of course, uh, in a field of flowers, which was, quite jar- which was quite jarring. I was like, oh, I mean, I suppose it makes sense in the thing that he probably wasn't clothed when he went off, and I mean how how would a seal kind of make clothes without skinning it? So I'm like, all right, fair enough. But yeah, kind of unexpected. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. That obviously, they had to do it for that. But I, I th- found that scene uh, odd in a way. Just It was very funny when he ran off and he, he jumps down into the water and then you just like see a small boy in the tiny bassinet as it like floats off. Yeah, so lovely little thing actually. I did kind of like how it was shot, where like they have like the little, like a real child in this thing. So I mean, like this film is like, oh, this is lovely and somewhat dangerous. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, earlier on, isn't isn't he described as being like the master of of a little his little ship being the bassinet, yeah. and like it well, does get, kind like, of look like that, which was. Well, I did like I think like I fully get like he's in charge of he's able to direct this because like he he has the dark hair, he's a dark one, he's got some kind of extra affinity with the ocean and the seals are looking after him which you, you do see, see later in the film but i mean to actually have shot this in like real life i mean this looked quite there was, was like there's like someone like off screen like with like a string or like a stick holding on to this because this looks really dangerous <laughs> well in fairness the, the the shot that they take is at a very odd angle so i have to assume that there's like a safety boat with divers like right 
just out of shot behind the, the kind of tiny cliff that they have yeah. there. But All right, it was enough. quite funny. And he's probably just being like tugged along by a bit of rope. But so he escapes again. But I think the the cousin actually believes her this time that that she's seen him. Yeah. So no, but it was a nice little scene anyway. Um, and you see, oh, she she wasn't going mad there. Her brother is alive, and presumably, like, he's like a little kind of toddler now or something. It has only been about maybe three or four years at the very most since the thing happened. So it's not. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's specifically said. Maybe they say it in years, and I just missed it, but. Yeah, no, I, I didn't really because I got a little bit confused here because then I was like, so has it only been like two or like three to four years at the very most? I, I wouldn't think he's older than that. Or is it like, then I was kind of thinking, is it more a case of he's hasn't aged kind of a thing? No, I, I think you know, it's like, just been do, 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 like, a short number of years, really. Yeah, that was like the only slightly confusing thing I, I really could think about. It doesn't really make a massive difference. It was just was a little bit, I thought it, it felt like more time had passed kind of a thing. Yeah, so then when they head back to the mainland, they, they find the, the grandfather outside and he, he won't speak to Fiona. And she goes in and finds out that the landlord has, is kicking them out for, is it like British holidaymakers who want to, to rent the, the cottage out to Well, it, it doesn't literally say British, but it's like... No, I thought it said yeah. something like that. Maybe it did. I think it's a foreign people. I, I got the impression American, but maybe the word Or maybe either or... Yeah, so they they they're losing their thing, and then they have to move further inland. And then the grandmother's like, "Oh, your grandfather won't like it because he's he's already lost the island. Now he won't even be close to the the sea anymore because there's there's no there's nowhere else to get get around here." Yeah, the next thing I have anyway is then they're heading out the next day, and it's incredibly foggy. It is, yeah. Oh, sorry. There's another another little bit as well. Um, just where she sees Tig. Fiona sees Ty again, her cousin, the dark one, and she she kind of asked him, "Can you have you ever?" He said, "I might be a little bit daft, but I I, I can see like as in he's he's aware that Jamie's there." Also, like I like the little it kind of gets across like how he has special powers and kind of going with Jamie's thing of being dark one because like he just he sticks his hand in the water and pulls out a fish. Oh yeah, I I had that a little bit later on in my notes now, but uh, oh sorry, maybe I, I thought that happened. I, I, I just thought that was funny. I think that happens later on, but yeah, like that that really does show that that there is something there. He just rolls up his sleeve from his cura and, and yeah. reaches into the water and pulls out a fish, showing how good he is and, and connected and again, to like the he, sea. He has like a, a special affinity because I know the grandmother mentions earlier, like he lived in the, the Far East. Like I think it says, like, you know, kind of like Indonesia or something like that, one of those islands. And, you know, he has sort of a, a special affinity with the sea, but you can kind of see it directly here that he just has powers where he doesn't need to like, fish properly you can just stick his hand in the water yeah but anyway so back to the fog anyway so the grandfather doesn't let her go out in the boat with him that day but then she has their lunch so she stops for a second then thinks that she sees one of the seals that she's kind of named i think it was jacks she called it and so she decides to climb down into one of the other boats which presumably the seals then pull off and bring back to the to Rowan Inish for for her to wander around a bit more. And uh, I, that's while she's there, she actually sees she she peeks in the window of the cottage and spots Jamie and a seal uh, having lunch. I suppose, which was uh, an interesting scene because it seemed for most of the earlier stuff anyway that they were just wild seals that they were recording. But this, they actually have a seal in the cottage as well. <laughs> Which I found well, like, interesting. 
Well, yeah, because presumably, like, there's, I don't know if that, it was implied that seal is supposed to be a selkie. You, you, you don't really see it, but certainly it has intelligence to you know, some extent. Some some intelligence. I mean, the seals are obviously looking after him and giving him food and things like that, but it's, um, I don't know, like, it, it, the seal even, like, knocks her seal over, like, gets in her way so she can't grab Jamie and then, like, chases after him, gets in the water with him. Yeah. Um, I just, out of curiosity, I went down to see in the, the, the cast list and it has an animatronics trainee so clearly there was some some amount of animatronics done in it as well i kind of i kind of felt that where like the seal was kind of walking along the land and getting in there it just didn't seem too natural but there definitely were real seals in this film oh yeah definitely at, at various points but yeah no it was it was a funny little scene and obviously jamie floats away in his his little bassinet again yeah no it's a nice nice little scene it kind of gets across that there he's being looked after and it's fine then she's like yeah oh, it's, it's just to, to explain how he's everyone. been surviving yeah and uh i think that's pretty much when fiona decides that they have to fix up the cottage and does it with their cousin and then really as we said like earlier really nice bit about like them actually taking down the thatched roofs and like rebuilding them and you see like her cousin like putting stuff down the chimney to clear out the chimney so you can get a turf fire going again yeah like they're, the, they're the old way that they would have dusted out a chimney by just hanging a rock off a string and just like knocking off against the sides yeah and uh like even how they you know paint it and everything like that and i think it kind of shows you how they make it because it would just be like it's a like crushing seashells isn't it to get like white daub for the the outside of it but yeah, um, i suppose the, the the only other thing about that that i could probably nitpick like yourself trying to to find something is that they say that every day they're going out to to pick the mussels but like and they don't have they, any mussels they, they, do, they don't come back with mussels for days <laughs> like there ha- someone has to ask at some point like are you eating them all where are the mussels gone yeah because i mean like you know you understand, all right, the first day, like, oh, we didn't get any. It's like, all right, it's like their first, it's like her first time going out and doing it, maybe with the, the cousins. So they're like, she's learning, like, it's fine. Like, I mean, you wouldn't get too annoyed. But then, like, if they, because clearly, like, it's not something that happens overnight. They keep going back to rebuild these houses because it's not a small task. Like, you see them even, like, they're even, like, getting the hay and, like, making the tools. Um, like they make the, the paintbrushes and they make a load of the implements out of like bits of wood and rock and everything else. So it's not like probably would have taken maybe like a week or two, I'd say. So are they just like saying, ah, no luck again today? Sure, Jesus. Eventually, the grandfather goes, You want me to go with you and like make sure you're doing it right? Because I'm sure he knows how to do it. Yeah, it was just, it was odd. Just something to nitpick, but nothing that actually has any bearing on the plot really yeah it, it it just was um but no it's nice anyway i really enjoyed the bit where the two of them were like building up the house it's like a nice kind of relaxing kind of scene and it was it, like i said it's nice to see that like how yeah and, that, and as i said that's where the, in the future too that's where the real beautiful kind of irish song comes in with actual uh Osgoelga parts to it uh i think the next big thing that i have that happens anyway is we finally get the story of fiona's mother uh yeah we do uh she has, she has like a dream isn't it her mother's there or something or did i kind of mischaracterize that oh no she does have a dream where i think she can hear her mother's voice and i think she has like a memory or something of it but then i think yeah. it's one of the one of the grandparents is, is talking about how her father met her mother it's the the grandmother reason she's like saying it's um the mother like it was her 
she's with her paternal grandparents. It's it's worth saying her father's parents, and like the her father was the the youngest, and he like sees the mother coming out of the the church in I think Donegal Town is it? And yeah, somewhere around there. Like just completely falls, completely like falls for us. It's like all struck by her and then offers to sell her some fish to kind of break the ice. <laughs> yeah, funny. and then you get the very telling thing: she didn't ha- ha- have any money to buy the fish. Showing how uh, how poor the Irish people would have been at the time, yeah. And so he he brings her back to the island. They get married almost immediately and have their kids. I I can't remember exactly how she passed away though, if it's even mentioned. I'm not sure. I I think it was just kind of never really addressed. Like if it was addressed, I certainly don't have it in my notes anyway about um what happened. I mean, I I it's it's certainly before Jamie disappears because like he's at the funeral crying at the very start yeah. of the film. So like I could understand if it was like she died of a broken heart when she saw Jamie like going off into the sea. That would have kind of made more sense well, maybe. But I'd be starting to sound a bit like George here, Lucas there now. There's no dying of broken hearts. Oh correct. Well no no because you see there was actually Janie as well was the twin of Jamie. And the funny thing is too Janie gets sent <sighs> off to live with oh, uh... <laughs> No 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 we won't be bringing up that here now Rob but still, it's like uh, poetry. It, it rhymes. Right. Uh, so anyway, we're not sure how the mother passes. But then I believe there's, it, there's a, uh, a massive storm on the way. <laughs> and uh, Fiona and the cousin uh, finally convince them. Or no, it's the first time they've actually told the, the grandmother that she's seen Jamie. And uh, she's like, look, we can't leave him out there in the storm. So they decide to head back to Rowan Inish uh, to light the fires and try to, to bring him indoors. And I, like, I she's, do like his... she's on board straight away. She's like, I knew that he was alive the whole time. Yeah. Let's go. I love as well, like gets as soon as like she so she's like, Oh, we're going. It's like just everything. Oh no, we're going. Get in there. It's like get the get the stuff into the boat. And I love as well, she like scares off the, the bird when they get there. She's like, she's in control now. <laughs> we're gonna get oh, yeah. the little child. <laughs> I mean, like, that's one thing and it is Irish, but I assume that there's a lot of other people out there where the grandmother is really the matriarch of the family. Like, there's no one beyond her. She's tough as nails. Very much in charge, the the matriarch is exactly it. Yeah, so they the head back to the island and uh, it starts bucketing down and they're kind of watching outside. And uh, then they do spot him out there with the, the seals, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do. I I think it's, isn't it, this, they see him in the, the little boat thing and there's like the two seals with them. And then they're like shouting, Jamie, Jamie, come back to your family. It's like, it's me, your sister, come back to us now. And, and I, it looks like the kind of seals sort of push him towards the, the beach. Yeah, the seals like are, are, anymore. are finally happy that, that the, the family have come back to the island. So they're kind of... And they're able to like they, look after they take away, the houses built. Yeah, they take away the, the his little bassinet boat and uh, they start pushing him up, which is really, it, it's a funny and strange scene. It's almost like you know, those movies where you have to get rid of like a dog or something and you're like, go on, get, we didn't want you anymore anyway. But like this yeah. seals doing that. Isn't it? It's actually very nice at the end where like the ground just like picks him up straight away and wraps him up and brings oh, yeah, him inside. back into the house. And then it's you have just a, so, It's just a sweet scene. Yeah, and then you have the, the, the final kind of scene where Fiona's kind of holding him and, and feeding him some of the seaweed uh, soup that they have. That's a, a, a recipe from the Selkie great-great-grandmother and I think he says a word or two, but I can't, I I didn't really hear what it was. 
Yeah, I I didn't really hear it either. But um, I like the whole like seaweed thing. It's actually is mentioned back. Like it's the women that came to the island all learned it from the original Selkie. It was like passed down. So it's like it's unique to Rowan Inish. Yeah. And so that's pretty much the end of the movie, uh, which once again, fantastic movie. It was more like being told a, a story like someone reading you a book rather than watching a movie. It, it, it just, it, I I can't really put into words how much of a lovely movie it is just to sit down and watch. Yep. I mean, like I said earlier, uh, Crop of Gold already, let's get oh, it out of the way. Fantastic film. Really enjoyed it. It's so nice being pleasantly surprised by how good a film is because this was just great. This is possibly, I don't know if it's the best film in, in one regard that we've, we've, I see in this podcast because it's certainly the one that's made me feel the most comfortable watching it and just sucked me into it, which is great. Like this was like, like, yeah, this was like one sitting, like not, not even oh, like yeah. a time and a half or anything. This was like normal speed. Got through it, no bother. One sitting, really enjoyed it. Didn't break at all. It was only like an hour and a half long as well. It's not that long, so it, it's completely fine. Um, yeah, but probably, probably it's it's like probably it's a lovely little film. I mean, I suppose in, in what we normally do, I was saying I'd like nitpick to try and find little things that were maybe wrong because it wasn't like some of the other films where we're just giving out because it's terrible at all the inaccuracies. This was a really heartwarming film. I think it's um you could watch this with like little kids, you could watch this with your family and everything else. So by all means do. I think this is a wonderful Irish film. Couldn't highly be recommended enough. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So before we finish up, uh as we've said many a times, we're still trying to get used to the whole podcasting thing. And I have actually found our first ever review. Yes, which we was got a review. Back, back in I think September or October. So you know uh, we're a bit late to the game, but it's <laughs> from Apple Podcasts, and it's five stars, and it's love this podcast. You guys are funny, relatable, and a pleasure to listen to any time I can. Great banter, content, and rhythm in your show. Keep up the great work, Dylan. So thank you, Dylan. That was uh, lovely to find uh, after <laughs> quite some time. But and I did. will say that, I will say, Dylan, that uh, I also found your podcast and quite enjoyed it. So um, oh. fair play to yourself as well. If you're listening, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I will say like we didn't stalk him. Like he did mention his podcast name in the review. So we, yeah, we did. We did find it that way. Yeah. So Rob, next week, uh, since we're coming in to the holiday season, yeah. I thought to, to be a little bit different next week, we might do a little... Irish author guide for people. So there are a lot of great Irish authors uh, who've made some wonderful books. And so next week for the main bulk of the show, we might go through some of the ones, our, our favorite authors and maybe like recommending in terms of, you know, what your mother might like, what your father might like and things like that, just to, to change it up and recommend people some great Irish books that they might want to get over Absolutely. the holidays. And- a bit of everything from like fiction, non-fiction, a bit of poetry as well, which is my kind of forte as do knows. So um, very, very much so. I'll, uh, I have a, a nice a nice stack of books next to my bed as I'm reading at the moment about a variety of different things. So definitely, definitely a lot there. So anyway, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, we do really, really appreciate it. Um, as we said before, please tell a friend about us on uh, if you like this podcast. Um, 
that's always fantastic to do. We we love getting a bit of feedback. Leave a review for us as well, as we said. We we will give you a shout out on the podcast if you leave us a nice review, or if you leave us a bad review, we'll call you out in this podcast. So either either <laughs> way, reviews or review, way. Rob, but we'd prefer five stars if possible. No, if you, if you leave us a one star review, I'm going to track you down and then give out <laughs> about you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, don't don't do that, please. <laughs> uh, so you can also email us at talkingblarneypod at gmail or you can find us on Twitter at Blarney Pod. Um, and like I said, we will be reviewing Wild Mountain Time as soon as it comes out. So that'll be a nice little something far in the future. Not that Can't far in the future wait. for us. So, so for me, anyway, it's goodbye. Sloan, and we'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.